Welcome back to another episode of Dirtcast. I am your co-host, Megan Reynolds. And I'm your other co-host, Madeline Davies. (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about a subject that I think has transfixed most of the nation. Also us two, grifters. Scammers. Scammers, con artists. We're kind of living in, I wouldn't say a golden age of scammers and grifters. But pop culture is like very much seized on it right now. Yeah, there's this weird little, it's not even a renaissance, it's just like bubbling up. Right, there's always been grifters and scammers, but like right now our like young fun culture is like all about (laughs) grifters. It's true. It's a fun summer story. It's a fun thing to talk about. But before we get to all of our things, Madeline... How was your weekend? I was feeling very fatigued. Mm. I napped a lot. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that. No? Today is like a beautiful day outside. It's fucking amazing outside. I would call it perfect. I would also call it perfect. Wow, this is the rare day that neither of us are complaining. No one is too hot or cold. I feel adequate. I feel like fine. I was just in the elevator with Lil Rel Howry from Get Out. The TSA agent in Get Out. The TSA agent, who is so funny. We joked about the turtle in the lobby. I worry about that turtle. Yeah, there's a turtle in the lobby of this building. And some koi fish. And some koi fish. And a weird water feature. The turtle isn't always there. No, that's the thing. Stresses me out. Sometimes I look for it very intently when I'm waiting for the elevator. And you're right. Often he's not present. I think it's because he has like a secret turtle bunker that he's like, I fucking hate this. But he like goes there and watches TV. Lil Rel said, it's dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's my second theory about the turtle (laughs) is that. He's no longer with us. Oh. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, where are you going on vacation? <laughs> oh, God. my One of my dearest friends from childhood and adulthood is getting married on July 7th in beautiful Puerto Rico. Dang. So I, I'm just freshly returned from her bachelorette party in beautiful Santa Fe. I mean, if you're going to have like <laughs> a destination wedding, do yeah. it in like somewhere like Puerto Rico. Yeah. Don't be like, everybody come to Milwaukee. E- correct. I'm grateful. It could have been, we had two options for this destination. It could have been New Orleans, where she's from, or also where she fun. lives. Yeah, which would have been great. Or Vieques in Puerto Rico, which is going to be fantastic. Um, where are you going? Well, so I asked myself, mm-hmm. how could the descendant of Irish Catholics okay. from Wisconsin yes. get whiter? Oh, And what I came down to is I will go, I'm going to Scotland Mm. and then I'm going to Stockholm. Oh, wow. Yes. You'll be surrounded Um, by by the whites. People who are not, don't do great in the sun. No, but luckily very cloudy. (laughs) I also just want to be very clear. I did not choose this destination because it's white. white. It's overwhelming whiteness. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just wanted to be free for once. You know what? And I'm glad. People who look like me. And I'm so happy for you. That sounds really nice also. Yeah, it's going to be great. The first half is a is a family trip, and then the second half is not. So That's perfect. It's like it's have some fun fam time, mm-hmm. and then go to Stockholm and like drink aquavit. Yeah, and they also, the Swedish love a nice pastry. They do. Well, fika is such a thing, which is, Oof. fika is like what the Swedes call their afternoon coffee break, which oh, they yes. take very seriously. Oh, yeah. I love that. And it's an hour where you sit down, Ugh. usually according to like Rick Steves or whatever the yeah. fuck <laughs> I've been reading, sit down. I love Rick Steves. With a with a cinnamon roll. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And a coffee yep. and a chat with a friend. That sounds great. But 
you don't approach a Swede. They don't like it. Okay. I would never. They're a a frosty people. Sure. Just like their frosty blonde hair. That's right. Would suggest. Sure. Their translucent skin. Yes. Like the scars guards. Like the scars guards. I'm just imagining everyone's a scars guard. That'd be great. They're all hot. Yeah. Megan. Yes. It's such a nice day. We're feeling fresh and clean. We are. Maybe it's time to get a little dirty. Oh my God. I would love to. Talk about the dirtiest dirt. Let's get dirty. I have a question. Yeah. Did you read the insane Rolling Stone profile of Johnny Depp? He is not great. (laughs) It was written by Stephen Roderick. Mm -hmm. It was requested by Johnny Depp. His lawyer, I heard. Yeah, his lawyer like approached Rolling Stone and was like, we want to give you guys the real story Mm -hmm. about what's been going on because Depp is in these insane lawsuits with like his former accountants and management Mm -hmm. because... He says that they, like, mismanaged his funds intentionally. Right. They're like, no, he's a psycho who, like, buys, like, John Dillinger's hat for a million dollars. He paid money to launch Hunter S. Thompson's ashes out of a cannon. He did, yes. That's all. And he, like, I'm going to buy an island and I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to, like, have wine shipped to me wherever I am at the cost of $30,000 a month. Yeah, an exorbitant amount. He's just, like, a man who has a lot of money who is spending that money rapidly. The profile is, like, really sad in a way. It is. I'm, I'm giving it a little... I'm or they giving like, it a little look. Clearly, they clearly wanted this, like, sympathetic profile about, like, how cool and rock and roll he still is. Mm-hmm. When, like, what you get is, like, a portrait of this, like, lonely man in a castle, basically. Yeah. Who's just, like... Chasing feelings that, like, remain right. out of grasp. Right. One of the first things he says to Roderick is, so you're here to hear the truth? It's full of betrayal. <laughs> he also says that it's, like, at one point, like, three or four in the morning, and he just wants to go back to his hotel room. Right. And, like, just Depp like- just keeps going. And there's a part where he's, like, Depp, like, steps away and comes back a few minutes later uh, completely reinvigorated. Mm. And it's just like, oh, mm. boy. Here's something that I liked. One day, Depp shows me his artwork, and it strikes me that Depp is now a worn Dorian Gray. Per Penelope Cruz, a friend of uh, Johnny Depp, I imagine Johnny doing a version of Jack Sparrow at 70, at 80. It will be as charming and as great. But the things that were charming when he was 28, doing drugs and running around the scaffolding on a high floor of Atlantic Records' L.A. building, seem disturbing at 55. Cruz ends our conversation by telling me about Depp trying to pull his own tooth at a London restaurant while having dinner with her and Stella McCartney. He needs help. He's kind of like a relic of, like, the rambling man that was, like, so appealing in pop culture in the 70s and 80s. And, like, they talk about how he, like— when he idolizes someone, like, it's like he bought an island because Marlon Brando bought an island. Right. He basically is, like, emulating and has become this caricature that, like, does not fit in with, like, modern times and, right. like, modern It just hasn't uh, evolved. Aspirations. In the way that it needs to, yeah. Thankfully, I think people tend to be, like, a little healthier now, probably. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to talk about the 70s like it's, like, the 1670s, but it's, right. like— I feel like alcoholism is not as, like, fucking rock and roll as it once was, where it's, like, all of those people who did that have, like, died, or we see what they look like now. Not great. 
They say this. Def has an affinity bordering on obsession with mm-hmm. the bon vivants who had their late prime in the 1970s, whether it's Marlon Brando, Hunter S. Thompson, or Don Rickles. And then this is Johnny Depp talking. Rickles was the bravest comedian ever, says Depp. He'd say anything. As proof, he finds a video of Rickles on a Dean Martin celebrity roast, turning to boxer Sugar Ray Robinson. I want to thank Sugar Ray Robinson, who said to Rocky Graziano, hey, baby, you're hurting me. Sugar Ray is a great champion. Sugar, we would ask you to talk, but you know the blacks, your lips lock. Depp insists it's ballsy, not offensive. I mumble, I don't know about that. Depp isn't paying attention. He considers himself a funny man. Dot, dot, dot. Just like, if anybody ever just said about me, and I'm sure people do say this about me, right. like, she considers herself to be funny. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. This is, it's very sad. He needs to just get help and they need to figure out this money situation because it sounds like he is just, he's in a real pickle. When it sounds like his lawyer has like all of these ties to like Putin and like the Russian ogliarchy. Right. Um, Which is just, I don't know. The story just gets like weirder and weirder and I recommend everybody read it. It's very good. It's one of those celebrity profiles that I will remember for a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the people who have people who have been extremely famous for an extremely long time are the, obviously they're often like eccentric, but yeah. Depp is like taking this to like a new level. Because I mean, the whole Amber Heard thing is not it, it's that's not an eccentricity. It's worth us noting, like explicitly, that she has come out with domestic assault yeah. uh, and like battery accusations which against been, him, right? Which has been going on for a while, I think. I think it's now set all, it's all settled, settled yep. but um, she's like she shared pictures of her battered face. Right. Then she also shared a video that she had taken of him just clearly incoherently drunk, yeah. smashing wine glasses and shouting at her. And it right. is like, it's chilling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did something happen to you this morning? I don't think so. Um, no, that's the thing. You want to see crazy? I'll give you fucking crazy. crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah, have you drunk this whole thing this morning? Oh, you got this. Thing. You got this no, going. I just it. Oh, really? Really? I can't say this because I don't know him. Right. But when has that stopped me before? <laughs> um, <laughs> never. Like he, literally, like, never. Is an alcoholic. Sure. We can say that. Yep. I feel like you that know. seems evident. And it seems like a lot of his problems stem from his alcoholism. Yes. You know, it's like you see like his like teeth are rotting out of his head. They are. But it's just like, no, man, like it's rock and roll it's or like whatever. That, yeah. Like look at Keith Richards. I also want to look like Keith Richards. Like, like Keith Richards looks better than he does. It's like it's pretty neck and neck, I would say. Well, let's move on to something Lighter. Even darker somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande are still going to get married. I think it's still happening. They seem to be doing fine. A little thing happened over the weekend where Ariana Grande tweeted out something about his penis. Basically, and she, has a song, she has a song it's like an interlude. called Pete. Right. An interlude, yes. And then someone asked... How long is Pete? And then she was like, about 10 inches, which like, oh, great. <laughs> That's all I was like, oh, great. 
That is true. That is what happened. She said, like, 10 inches, oh, fuck, I mean, like, a little over a minute. And then she deleted that tweet. You know what? They're both so weird. They look very strange together because she is a small baby. And she, like, is a tall man. Yes. And she's, like, most of her is, like, hair. She's been walking around. They've been photographed in, like, a very sort. Like, she's always wearing, like, an oversized sweatshirt and thigh-high boots. Yeah. Which I love. And in full glam, which is, like, a nice – I think that's a fun look. Yeah. I like Pete Davidson's, like – Kind of like his like Staten Island like half sleeve. You know what? I wasn't expecting to feel this way either, but here I am. The truest love takes you by surprise. It's true. (laughs) So as of now, they're still still, going to get married. Also married. Yes. Jon Snow (gasps) and Egret. Oh, my God. Also known as Rose Leslie and... Kit Harrington. There we go. I can never remember Kit Harrington's like real name. They got hitched. They did. Also, it was like they got hitched in Rose Leslie's family castle. Yeah. Like their giant Scottish like pile of a mansion castle situation. It is funny that she seems to like only play peasants when she is uh, actual nobility. Yeah. And he's nobility. I mean, she, I think, more so than he is, right? I mean, her family has a fucking cat. Like, they have a castle. She's, like, the daughter of a chieftain of, like, blank, blank, blank. Well, Harrington's ancestors are rumored to have invented the indoor toilet. (laughs) So that's something to consider. (laughs) I thank them for that every day. That's nice. Um, Yeah, but she was, like, eager, and then she was, like, Amid in oh, Downton Abbey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Amid. <laughs> what was her name in Downton Abbey? I don't know. The, like, the scullery like, maid. want to be a secretary. That's right. And they sent her away to be a secretary, and then she was never seen again. Yeah. She, like, got her correspondence right. course. Yeah. I remember now. Lady Sybil really wanted mm-hmm. to help. And then she, like, bounced and then resurfaced I got as... the job as a secretary. Oh, my God. <laughs> I also love seeing pictures of, like, celebrity guests at weddings. Oh, my God, me too. Like, what are they wearing? Who did they come with? Mm -hmm. Like, who got invited? Right. Let's see. What pictures did we see? I saw um, Sophie Turner. Yeah. And Maisie Williams. The Stark girls came together. The Stark girls came together. They both looked really cute. They did. Sophie, uh, Maisie, Aria, was wearing, like, a little jumpsuit, I think, with, like, red frame glasses, which matched... Sophie Turner's, like, very casual, but not casual. She had, like, a red dress and then also a black a black thigh-high boot, which I'm yeah. really loving this summer. Yeah, good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> Rob Stark was there. Mm-hmm. Richard Madden. That's right. Amelia Clark was there. Obviously. Khaleesi. Gendry was there. Gendry was there. Yes. Nice. Um, also, Chris. He was also played Chris on Skins. He did. And he's hot. The best pictures to me are the ones of them, like, going to the airport in the morning because it's, like, celebrities are just like us. Yeah. Like, they, like, get too turned mm-hmm. at their friends' weddings yep. and then have to travel the next yeah, day. Yeah, they have to, like, put on a sweatsuit and, like, trudge through Heathrow or whatever. Yeah, it's nice. So congrats to them. Congrats to them. I'm so happy. Um, some other people got married. That is also very exciting. Also nobility. American nobility. D- right, yes. Cardi B and Offset. Are actually married. They got married a little while ago. Before they it's were a little secret. Before they were publicly engaged. 
That's it's cute. I think that's really cute. They were both on the cover of Rolling Stone last week, and Cardi talked about she's about to have that baby, like about to pop out that baby pretty soon. Um, so she talked about motherhood, what kind of mother she thinks she's going to be. She said, you know, she wants to share as much as she can with her child, like take her on tour, tell her all about her life, and like what maybe to do if you don't want to live the kind of life Cardi had, like prior to becoming like the Cardi B that we know in the I mean, public there's eye. There's no shame in her. There game. is no shame, none at all. But that um, she did seem to say in the piece that she wanted to like present like all of the options. Yeah, definitely. With like takeaways good or bad, from either option. Have you noticed how many thoughts she has about salad? And if anybody knows me knows that I eat salad every single day. And I'm just so tired of people trying to remix the chicken Caesar salad. Like, it's just so tiring. Like, today I ordered a chicken Caesar salad, and it had raisins, mushrooms, and pears with a poppied pop, pop seed, poppy seed um, dressing. And it's just like, why are we doing this? Why can't we just keep it regular? That's my favorite Cardi B through line <laughs> is that she's always Instagramming about salads. It's true. It's and like true. what she hates in them and what she doesn't, what she likes in them. I mean, salad, I think that's a great topic, honestly. Salads are tricky. So true. Tricky to execute properly, I, th- I find, personally. Um, but yeah, they're married. She's going to go on tour. She's probably going to take some time off to like have this child. But then it sounds like she's just going to get right back. Right back in there. Back on her grind. So I'm happy. I'm very, I'm the happiest for them. <laughs> Out of all of the people to be happy about in this week's Dirtiest Dirt, it's Cardi and Offset. You're here. Here we are. We're going to talk about our favorite. I think this is one of my personal favorite things to discuss. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a guest today because it's hard to get scammers to like come and talk about their scams. Yeah. Any scammer worth their salt would be like, no. They've either either like moved on. Right. And are trying to live normal lives. Or like operating a scam that like they cannot be distracted from. And like they're not going to be like, yes, I am a con artist. Let me reveal all of my secrets to you. Which is kind of both good and bad. And that's like, of course, we want to know how their brain works. Yeah, totally. But at the same time, this way we can just speculate wildly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is what we do best. That's true. So, yeah. Scammers are having a moment. Yeah. I mean, I think because of the Anna Delvey mm-hmm. uproar. Okay. So Anna Delvey, she was a girl who was sort of around a very specific socialite scene. A couple of years ago is like, I think, her peak, and she eventually got caught a couple months ago. She posed as like a Russian socialite. She scammed her way into ver- like getting like trips paid for by like fabulous people with a lot of money. She basically lived at a hotel for a while and got really close with the concierge. This woman, Nefertari Davis, she's at 11 Howard, which is a hotel in Soho. So she got close with this woman who sort of was sort of charmed by her, but also became like a crucial part of her ability to like continue 
to scam. She had like an, a European adjacent, like a continental accent that like really helped sell the scam. And her whole thing was just kind of like hustling for, I mean, it was for money, obviously, but the money was just to like fund like her lifestyle. It didn't necessarily seem malicious. I mean, all scams, I suppose, are malicious, but it didn't seem as self-serving. Right, right. It didn't seem as malicious as like other scams could have been. She was trying to launch a business, some sort of a weird art thing that she was trying to also raise money for. I think she was perfect because in New York, there are so many people all the time that you either like know through parties or like know as acquaintances or like will come into your life for three months and then like disappear. Everyone sort of just like, oh, like if you're paying for every single dinner or like if you're saying like hop on my plane to Dubai or whatever, it's fine. You can like, this makes sense. And part of the thing about her scam was that she would do things like invite people to like go to Dubai or like go on these yeah, trips. Yeah, well, she took the writer of the Vanity Fair yeah. piece, which kind of broke the story, yeah. Rachel Williams. Mm-hmm. She took her to Marrakesh. Yeah. Which is, did. I don't know, someone was like, come with me to Marrakesh. I'd be like, what is the what is the string attached? Oh, no, I would be like, I'm, on, I'm there. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> Let me just like ride the coattails of people shittier than I. True. But I mean, the problem is the people who ended up, what would happen is they would go to like a hotel in Marrakesh or they would go to like whatever. And then someone would be like, it's time to pay. Right. And she would make up something like, oh, I'm credit card, blah, something, something. But it always, it it always felt very casual and it didn't feel like it was a big deal. Like you just, something about her made people trust her. I think the best con artists have a quality that makes them seem trustworthy. Totally. And... They're all people who should just, like, work in reality TV as producers because they would be amazing. Yeah, like, that is their—that's where their skill set applies best is a reality TV producer. But instead, they're scammers. And, like, where is she actually from? Uh, She's from Russia. Oh, so she is? She is Russian. Her name is Anna Sorokin, I think. She is not an oligarch's daughter. Or like whatever, or a countess or whatever she was saying that she may have been. She's a scrapper. This is an American dream situation, you know? Well, and it reminds me so much of like the hipster grifter heyday. Yeah. Which was like before I moved to New York, but it's like right before. So I think I was reading a lot of Gawker at the time Mm. and like they were following the story so When was she? Oh, yes. So she was first written about in The Observer and (laughs) just... Her whole story, again, it was just so insane. I feel like they all follow the same scripts, which, like, makes you feel so dumb. Right. When, like, you get got. So this was, like, 2009. She conned her way into a job at Vice. Her name? And by conned, I mean she out-viced Vice. Carrie Farrell, that's her name. Carrie Farrell, yeah. yeah. She, like, had this whole story about how she used to work for Golden Voice, which mm-hmm. is, like, Coachella's uh, production company. Mm-hmm. She had a tattoo that said, I love beards. Just like a very good tattoo to have for Vice in 2007 to 9. She got hired immediately. <laughs> but she also had this quality where she could just like really quickly befriend people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also she was very, she was very like upfront with her sexuality with men in mm-hmm. a way that in that sort of Vice era way of being like, the story is that she 
passed someone at Union Pool a note that said, I want to give you a hand job with my mouth. Jesus. That's a that's a very yeah, that's a very vice specific kind of presentation. Yeah. And then so she would start these relationships with people. Right. And then she introduced a cancer plot where she would uh, tell people that she had cancer and she only had a couple months to live. Mm. And most people wouldn't question it because, like, why would you? Like, why the fuck would you lie about that? But it turns out so many people lie about having cancer. True. People love to lie about having cancer. It's terrible. She would do the same thing where she would, like, get to ATMs and they wouldn't work on her card. And so she would borrow money. Mm. I think one really weird thing that connects both these stories is, like, both of them run through the nightclub happy ending in the Lower East Side. Like the Anna Delvey story includes right. like a uh, happy ending yeah. and then also like Harry the Rifter story mm-hmm. has happy ending involved. Um, <laughs> uh, God. Not a happy ending for a lot of people. No, no. that nothing. I don't think very many happy endings come out of yeah. that place. Eventually, I think she was dating someone who was just like, this is not right. Right. They Googled her, found out that she was like basically wanted in Utah for like catching <laughs> like fraudulent. Check forgery. Yeah, yeah check yeah. forgery. And then kind of everything sort of came out. Right. But she was like, she's still around. She is. I've hung out with Hipster Grifter. You have? Yeah. She was really nice. I'm sure she was. She helped me get a guy kicked out of a club because he was sexually harassing my friend. Oh, that's sweet. Here's another fun fact attached to the union pool thing. This just made me laugh. Another time, a patron at Fabian's, the cafe on Bedford Avenue in Williamsburg, said, Miss Farrell passed him a note which read, I want you to throw a hot dog down my hall. Fabian's is like the funniest place for that. It is. And that is the most hysterical place for that to happen. How do you define a scammer? I don't know. I feel like at heart, a scammer is someone who is impersonating something that they're not for a reason that is self-serving. I can't really think of anyone that is scamming for good, like scamming for charity. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think you're always scamming to sort of get one over on... Either like this thing or like society at large or like scamming to get your way out of like up into a social class or something that you want to be a part of but do not have the physical means to do so. Yeah. I think I would describe a scammer or a grifter as someone who steps outside of like the social rules of conduct to – benefit themselves right. financially or, or, yeah, financially or mostly. Yeah, I mean, social, right, because social, the social and the financial are tied so closely, I think, in some of these stories. Everybody's kind of a scammer. Of course. And, like, not to, like, be embarrassing, but it's, like, capitalism is a scam, right? Where it's just, like, these are all people who have, like, fucked people over right. to, like, benefit themselves financially. Right. But it's just, like, as long as they're doing it in this way that we have dubbed socially acceptable for some reason, right. it's like, oh, no, they're just, you know, smarter than the rest of us right. or that type of thing. I think that's why I kind of get deeply into these stories about these, like, little scrappers. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's good. I do not endorse it in any way. <laughs> like, don't lie and tell people you have cancer so don't that they that. give you money. Please don't do that. I don't like when people feed mm-hmm. on, like, other people's goodness. Right. Or their stops sense of people, sympathy. It stops people from being generous, like, when it's necessary, you know? Right. And so it's like, I think that's where it crosses a line for me. But I also, like, the idea of people, like, sneaking into high society. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't know. No, I mean, that's, I think everyone every day is just trying to get one over on the larger man. I mean, but like, think about like goop as like a modern day, like snake oils yeah, salesman or totally. like that type of thing. 
Yeah, or just, I don't know. One thing I was thinking of when we were planning this episode is that documentary, it's called Kumare uh, by Vikram Gandhi, and it's about this American man who is Indian by descent, Mm -hmm. and he, like, decides to see if he can trick dumb white people into thinking that he's a guru. Mm -hmm. And so he, like, invents this whole character and he puts on an accent and he wears funny clothes and he does, like, weird ecstatic dance and that that type of shit. And he, like, gets a following. He does. So many of us look to the wisdom of the East to solve our problems in the West. Growing up in America, I, too, had a lot of questions. And I met a lot of religious leaders who claimed to have the answers. But were these gurus real or just full of it? To find out, I decided to impersonate a spiritual leader and build my own following. That's how I became Kumare. Hello! And the reception of that movie is interesting because a lot of people are like, you are kind of like preying on like a weak population of people who are like searching for meaning in their life and are like willing to grab on it. Right. His whole thing is he's like, yeah, that's kind of what I realized while making the documentary Mm -hmm. is that, like, people are so desperate to find significance. Yes. He's like, on one hand, yeah, there's, like, the racism of, like, people just being, like, this, like, brown mystic. Yeah. You know, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, what drove him to do it was his own search for this type of thing. Right. I think that guy (laughs) – I think that guy lived in my sister's apartment building. (laughs) <laughs> he got locked, like, years ago, he got locked out. I remember she told us all of this. Like, he had to, like, either come into her house and take a shower because he had to go to the premiere of this movie. was, like, locked out. It, listen, they're everywhere. They're clo- closer, closer than you imagine. <laughs> I mean, he was sort of, he like— was, He was, like, a scammer that went into it with, like, a goal. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know if you could, like, say that he's a scammer, but maybe that's what makes it— Brilliant by design. I think that he differs from like Anna Delvey and from the hipster grifter because they were scamming with like their point was just financial well, gain. I don't think they're even comparable. Okay. I mean, it was more about like how susceptible people are. Right. Do you think anybody deserves to get scammed? No, probably not. I think we already deal with enough. Like I don't think anyone deserves to become like the target, become the mark of a scam. What about you? Hell yeah. I think mm. there are people who deserve it. I don't know. It's like I think about it in like a Count of Monte Cristo way oh, okay. where it's like, oh, you destroyed my life. Oh, yes. And now I'm going to become a new man and come back and destroy you. I see. How did I escape? With difficulty. How did I plan this moment? With pleasure. I like <laughs> that type of shit I'm into. I don't know. I like stories of like rich idiots getting scammed probably just because it makes me feel better about like not being rich Mm -hmm. and like you always think like oh i wouldn't fall for it but it's like i probably would fall for it no i'm extremely gullible i'd certainly fall for it it's very upsetting to me but (laughs) so i like stories of like people like sneaking into high society Mm -hmm. you know and just being like i don't know those are fun sort of like anastasia you know right (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh like anastasia Another thing I think that 
I guess, I don't know if this is like normalized scamming, but I think it has Catfish. Yeah. The television program slash movie that turned into a television program. Not everything is as it seems. Not everything you see or want it to be can be exactly what you want it to be. And I am living proof of that. And I felt that. And I felt the necessity to put myself out there. That's like an example of like a low, for the most part, low level scam adjacent things that is just like on television that we see that like people watch. It definitely is. But I also feel like catfishing as like a, a child tween teen of the AIM mm-hmm. generation. Oh, yeah, totally. I feel like everybody grew up kind of doing it. Definitely, 100%. It's like you would make up characters and go into chat rooms and, yeah. you know. It's like one of those scams where I definitely could see how you could get in too deep mm-hmm. and, like, not know how to extract yourself. Yeah. And so it's like I have a lot of sympathy for both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Of both sides of that. Of that exchange. Yeah. Where it's like... A lot of it is just, like, people who are lonely, and then it's a lot of it is just, like, people who don't know how to, like, get out of a situation. Right. And then there are, like, the select few who are just, like, shitty people who want to take some, like, lonely person's money. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. No, Which I guess would actually be, like, the shitty people are, like, Neb Shulman and <laughs> Max. Max. That's like, right. They're the ones who are really, like— <laughs> Right, because they're the ones who are— Benefiting financially from this this scam, the presentation of these many scams over a a season of television or more. I mean, I think like the perfect example of a loathsome scam artist Mm -hmm. is Brooks Ayers from Real Housewives of Orange County. Walk me through. Brooks came on to the show as Vicki Gunvalson's boyfriend. They would meet at like insurance conventions. (laughs) And right away, he is, like, this, this like, super oily creep. He, like, has a southern accent. Like, he feels like he walked out of a Flannery O'Connor story, which is what I always – how I always explain him. Mm-hmm. Certain people immediately, like, didn't take to him. Okay. Her daughter hated him. Mm-hmm. And people kind of, like, would, like, give her daughter a hard time for hating him. Mm-hmm. There's, like, one dinner scene where – one of the other women asks him, what's your favorite thing about Vicky? And he goes, her virgina. <laughs> that's, that's Her virgina. That's really sweet. Um, but yeah, he would always like approach people with this like grandoise, genteel southernness right. that was like so creepy and right. weird. And was it a put on? It was definitely a put on. <clears throat> like is he from I mean, the he's south? he's from the south. Oh, okay. But he's just like... I don't know. When she when he meets her kids for the first time, he's like, I heard about you. You're the bomb.com. Oh boy. Gotcha. And they're immediately just like, Ooh. the fuck? Like, get away from me. Okay, um, cool. But in one of the seasons, which is probably the best season of this damn show ever, it's either nine or ten. He says that he has uh non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. And that he has been going to City of Hope Hospital mm-hmm. for all these things. A new cast member to the show, hungry to prove herself, mm. Megan Edmonds. Mm-hmm. She's married to former baseball player Jimmy Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Immediately her, like, bullshit reader goes off, and she starts doing all of this research Good into whether or not he actually has cancer. Wow. Um, and discovers he doesn't. Oh, my God. 
And it's like, and she like goes like crazy where she's like, oh, I actually called his doctor and said that I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And his doctor said that he doesn't treat that. Whoa. Um, Oh, wow. So she like really did it. Yeah. She like clearly is someone who is like kind of too smart to be as bored as she is, I think. Ah, yes. And so she like finds like little projects know. to sort of like focus on. And this was yeah. a project. It's like the Anna Camp character in Kimmy Schmidt, who's like a rich woman who just like goes oh, yes. crazy with like revenge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a Birkin bag. It's the one that's made entirely out of famous internet cats. Oh, no, no, I know. It's just those came out last year. This is exactly why I love you, Jacqueline. You don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> Deirdre, I can never tell if you're trying to help me. <laughs> Or destroy me. (laughs) I honestly don't know. (laughs) She like goes hard. And at first everyone's like, how dare you? Mm. How dare you question this man with cancer? And people get really, really like hard on her. I'm sure they do. Finally, like she convinces a couple people and then they start looking into it. And like basically like he falsifies all these documents. Uh People take the documents and are like have actual doctors look at them. One of the women is married to a plastic surgeon, but he's like knows how to read medical forms. And so he's like, none of this. He's like, no doctor would ever make this. Basically, Brooks then is like, the speculation over my my cancer is what broke me and Vicky up. And he's like a scary ass man. Like Mm -hmm. you can tell that he has an edge. But like all of this played out on television. That's incredible. And it is so riveting. It's just like... I don't know. I think it wasn't until this year that he admitted that he made up the document part. I yes. What is the status of your health right now? Do you have cancer? I do. You thank have you, cancer. Thank you for asking. I've been in treatment. Uh, when I say treatment, chemotherapy plus a lot of holistic approaches. That's Brooks Ayers speaking out to Andy Cohen in a pre-taped Bravo special that aired Thursday, prior to City of Hope confirming to E.T. on Wednesday that he was never treated as a patient and before Brooks himself admitted to fabricating medical documents. This is what he says. I've made my share of mistakes, which I regret. I pride myself in apologizing when I'm wrong or I've wronged others either intentionally or unintentionally. Through the first five years of dating Vicky, I was coined as a con man, low life, gold digger, deadbeat, etc. Yep, yep, yep. Nothing yep, could be yep. further from the truth and reality. Nope, it's all true. Yet this alone makes for great TV and for controversy. And then he denied a bunch of shit. He's still apologizing, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. And but this is like his apology came in 2018. Yeah, which is crazy. Because when was when did this plotline like when did this happen? On uh, the show? I want to say 2015. But okay. um, he's just gross. And like on Twitter, even he would like fight with like long after he left the show, people would be like, right. "Yeah, like you're cancer faking ass." Right. And then he'd be like, "I do have cancer. I just made up that one form oh so that they would get off my back." God. And it's like it's all fucking insane. Wow. I heard a story recently. Here's, like, an example of, like, a good scam. I don't know if it's true. I think I just, like, saw it, like, on Twitter. So this is not verifiable. Mm. But it was, like, some guy kept, like, bugging a girl for her number. And so finally she's like, fine, give me your phone. And then she Venmoed herself $500. (laughs) 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 Which is just, like, true or not, I'm just going to believe it. I'm just going to believe it. That's so good. There's one more scammer that I have been thinking about since the royal wedding, and it is the story of (laughs) Thomas J. Mace Archer Mills Esquire, 
whose real name is Tommy Muscatello from upstate (laughs) New York. I love it. I love Tommy Muscatello. He has been a, um, he's sort of made a name for himself as like a British, uh, like a commentator on like British culture. He has this whole fake pedigree for himself that he is a British person, that he's like. Is he even a lawyer? No. What we're seeing is, is quite the change. I mean, she's brought a California lifestyle to Britain. She's slimming him down. She's putting him on shakes, eating less meat. What Brit do you know that doesn't like meat? His name is, as I said, Tommy Muscatello. He's from upstate New York. He identifies as British. So it's kind of like a Rachel Dolezal. It's Dolezal a Dolezal adjacent situation. Slightly like less offensive and more comical. Just like, Yeah, exactly. He I mean, had, not slightly. Much less. Much, more, much less offensive. He identifies as British. He has said that the British accent is natural to him. He's asked random old British people to be his grandparents. Aw. Um, <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah, this is like this this kind of scam. Like there are scams that are like, Harmful, and there are scams that are like harmful because I mean, I guess deceiving people is like harmful, but also this is just more like funny. This is fantasy. This is exactly this is like it's the, aspirational. It's aspirate. I mean, I think all scams are aspirational. All scammers are aspirational. Yes, all scammers are are aspirational. That's like the one thing that drives certainly that drives scam culture. modern examples mm. of scammers in pop culture mm-hmm. um again are like beautiful angel intern like made a little list for us she did and one of the people on there is homeless heidi from high maintenance the first season i didn't watch the first season um well there's a character who basically was a scammer now she it's like the whole thing is like so meta where it's like she was a scammer she now has moved on she finds out that uh her ex-boyfriend has made a show with a character based on her uh-huh. and she's really pissed about it oh, and wants to like have it stop interesting oh well, i'm glad you and your hollywood friends finally realized i was going to see your fucking face off for getting rich off of my fucking life story i'm sorry but i i don't know who you are that character is based on hipster grifter oh so it's like we've come oh my god i love it full circle the last person on the current scammer list is my favorite yes i actually added that you did which is anthony from queer eye <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch queer eye or never watched queer eye basically the, the reboot the reboot i'm including the first one too oh true basically it features five gay men all of uh-huh. whom have a specific genre of expertise. Right. So on the new version, uh, there is Karamo, mm-hmm. who is uh, the, like the personality charisma expert. Like his whole thing is like, who? Do, like who are you? The, like how do you present yourself? He's to the world? like supposed to be like culture. Yeah, but he just ends up doing like a sort of self help thing. Yes. I think. And then there's Tan. 
Tan France. Who is the style I love expert who just brings people to Bonobos uh-huh. or every like single episode. A weird vintage store and is like, here's a short sleeve button down. Yeah, he loves a pattern button Here's down. five. Then there is love of my life, Jonathan Van Ness, who is the grooming expert. Mm-hmm. Formerly of Gay-, Gay of Thrones. Yes, Gay of Thrones, which is a great Funny or Die series mm-hmm. where he just describes Game of Thrones While episodes. While he's doing someone's hair, it's pretty great. But then Little Miss No Sunshine is creating her own version of Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Westeros, and they are like, I don't plan on knitting by the fire while men fight for me. Then we catch vintage Mia Farrow, and she's beta testing her King's Landing Google map. You've arrived at Dragonstone. But really, all she cares about is preserving her little baby dynasty. Dynasty for us. And honey, I'm like, your dynasty is in dire straits. That ship has sailed. I don't think those ovaries can do any more incest baby. There are no more flowers in that attic. So that's three. And then we have Bobby, who does interior design. All of the work. Yeah, he does so much work. (laughs) He's so busy. Um, And then, of course, we have Antony, who is the culinary expert. Jesus. I mean, my God. And basically what he does is he just like alternately introduces things that are either so simple that like (laughs) a a monkey could do it. You could trust a seven-year-old to make some of these things. Yeah. He puts avocado in everything. Um, He loves loves an avocado. The avocado grapefruit salad. Either that or he will make things that are just like way too complicated for people. Right. Where it's like in the recent season, he has a dad try to like – like a busy dad try to hand roll pasta for dinner, which is just like no parent alive would do that. No, 100%. He like is opening a restaurant. He has a cookbook. Mm-hmm. He's my ne- like my nemesis. Oh, I think he, I don't know. I think it's kind of adorable. I can't. I'm sorry. I mean, and so like Antony's excuse is that he's dealing with people who are starting at baseline zero. Right. So for them, like actually making guacamole or whatever mm-hmm. is a challenge. Sure. Um, and he's not going to try to like get them to make something super complicated. Right. And I, like, get that. Sure. But so then at I. the same time, it's like, there are other things. There are other things that involve, like, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. He's also, like, really, like, rudely judgmental in ways that I find upsetting. And I don't think he can cook. I just think it's— I just don't. I think it is really cute how he is such an easy crier. <laughs> he cries in every single episode. He does. He already made provisions because he knew you guys would wind up together. Even before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. I just, I'm thankful. Oh, come here, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> there is a very funny Twitter personality comedian who's been doing like these Anthony impressions. My sister went to college with him. It's her um, friend from college. You have a lot of connections. Very strange. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, NYU. On Twitter, it's Stephen PH at Gossip Babies. Um, and he's just been posting these incredible Anthony impressions that just kind of show how ridiculous all of his advice is. They're very good. You're going to put the cheese on the crackers, and then you're going to put the crackers on the plate. And when people see the plate, they're going to assume it's food. Because that's just a natural human instinct, and that's good. But you know what, Anthony? You have one fan here. You have one enemy. Do what you will with Bless that. Bless you. Can, like, scam... Scam dumb Americans who just, like, want to, like, watch gay men make people over and cry.
Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast. This episode was produced by Levi Sharp and Rachel Withers and was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Majina Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. If you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>